What's going on? What's going on, y'all? If you don't know, now you do know. You're officially tuned in to episode 8 of the HFWB podcast series. I am your host, Clifton Pope. I want to thank those who are currently watching right now on YouTube and for those listening on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify podcasts. Thank you once again for providing HFWB the opportunity to present y'all this week with some fresh new information because information is the new money. And the more educated you are on your health, your wealth, and overall knowledge of self, the more you will prosper in due time as time goes on and everything and everybody grows with it. Now, what is time, right? When you're taking a bath constantly in the fountain of youth and refreshing yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually every single day. What do I mean by that, you ask? You know how they say age is nothing but a number, right? I truly believe that to be the case because it's never too early, it's never too late to start whatever mission it is that you're trying to take on. It's never too early, it's never too late to take on whatever project it is that you have on mind to complete. And most importantly, it is never too early and it's never too late to accomplish whatever goals that you're trying to complete within the course of your life. Now, if you're having a little bit of trouble as as far as a strategy, as far as to solve whatever problem it is that's holding you back from overcoming that obstacle, remind I want to give you a friendly reminder of what I talked about last week. You know, how to think like a fly, how flies fly around until they find something interesting. So you got to be swift, you got to be quick, you got to take advantage of the opportunity while it's there until you find something that intrigues you and take full advantage of it. Well, this week, I want to take it a little bit in a different direction when I bring up another animal that we can all learn from. I want y'all to think like a spider. Now, hear me out when I say think like a spider because you know what spiders are known for, right? Because spiders, they like to construct webs to ensure the meal that blunders by. The webs are carefully placed and constructed with preparation done. And once that's done, all the spiders do is wait until the prey lands on the web and the spider takes advantage of a nice little meal, right? Now, I want you to realize that and take the mindset of a spider and utilize it to anticipate opportunities that will come to you and be careful when you do that. You want to fully prepare yourself so when a great chance swoops in, you can latch onto it, you can secure it, and you can profit from it. Think where you should be. You should set your net. You should be ready to move decisively because remember, preparation comes opportunity. Now, when the opportunity comes, you need to be prepared. You got to construct whatever plan that it is that you have in your mind. You got to lay everything out carefully. And sometimes you got to wait it out and be a little bit patient in the process. But when the opportunity comes and it lands on your personal web, latch on to it, secure secure the opportunity and most importantly profit from it whether it's you know growing from it learning something from it take advantage of that opportunity when the time comes and remember think like a spider and then have everything laid out and most importantly everything will fall together and before you know it something will land on your web eventually to where you can have yourself a nice dinner like how spiders always be eating multiple insects whenever they fall onto their personal webs I just want y'all to remember that the next time you're having a little bit of issue as far as problem solving and I want to give y'all that strategy to help you solve the next problem that you may have. Now I want to make a little bit of a transition into guess what you already know what's coming 
the COVID-19 pandemic and these Delta variants that are constantly irking me and it's constantly irking I'm sure all the first responder workers like the doctors the nurses the pharmacists pharmacy technicians which I myself am included into that category it's getting more and more wary on us every single day and overall doctors nurses and pharmacists just for example are being burnt out due to recent surge trying to care for all the COVID-19 patients. I can definitely attest for that because every single day I go to work in the pharmacy, it's like multiple COVID-19 tests, multiple COVID-19 vaccines. Now, I'm all for doing all this to put an end or at least slow down the pandemic once and for all, but we got to get this under control somehow, some way, because hospitalizations across the US are rising with beds being limited to none in most cases in all the hospitals all around the country if not all around the world now there's some numbers here that prove that at least everyone in the country still has faith in the doctors and the nurses and the pharmacists around the world when I say this at least most Americans have trust in doctors nurses and pharmacists with seven in ten Americans still showing trust in doctors, nurses, and pharmacies to do what's right for them and their families. And this is according to a University of Chicago Harris AP NORC survey that I saw a couple of days ago. Now there's 70% trust in doctors, 79% trust in nurses, and 75% trust in pharmacists. But the number that kind of grabs my attention, at least to me, is that there's only 22% trust in hospital executives. That just goes to show you that a lot of people don't have faith of what's going to happen to them once they get admitted to the hospital for COVID-19 because they don't know if that's going to be their last trip and they're, they could be potentially saying goodbye to everyone they love before they know it. We don't know that, God willing, but we hope that isn't the case at the end of the day. Now, I say that to say this. Most importantly, it goes back to the two things that pretty much have been working the whole time to protect yourself from the COVID-19 virus, which is get yourself vaccinated. And if you don't want to get yourself vaccinated, at least wear a mask and wash your hands and use a lot of hand sanitizer and maintain six feet within social distancing to at least protect yourself and protect others from getting the virus. Now, I want to shift my direction towards the kids and COVID-19 because this is what's hurting me the most out of all of this that's going on. Because there's a study going on by the American Academy of Pediatrics and Children's Hospital Association. They found 94,000 new child cases in COVID-19, which was just reported literally last week within itself. And the worst of it, it's going on, like I said, a few episodes back in the Louisianas, the Floridas, the Mississippis, the Alabamas of the world. The, of course, all down south where this Delta variant is making its most tremendous impact that I might add. The worst of it is in Louisiana and Florida. As a matter of fact, it's getting so bad to where the head of AAP is writing a letter to the FDA urging authorization of vaccines for 5 to 11 years old as soon as possible. Now, of course, the FDA hasn't approved the COVID-19 vaccine for kids under 12 years old. Now, those are the ones who I feel completely bad for and sad at the same time for because 
those are the future of our world and we're not even taking care of them by at least having the sense of urgency to get an authorization and a full-time approval of this COVID-19 vaccine. Now I understand the FDA has its clinical trials and they have to prove the efficiency and the safety of the vaccine before they get it out to the public, but maybe they should take a page out of, I don't know, as much as I'm going to hate to say this, they should take a page out of Trump's warp, warp speed operation and, you know, pick up the pace a little bit just so we can at least save the kids and protect the future of this world because the future is looking more and more slim every single day. Now, kids who can't get vaccinated, they need to everybody needs to make sure the ones who are around the kids the most you need to protect them by making sure you yourself get vaccinated or if you feel like you don't want to get vaccinated which is that's your complete right make sure to at least wear a mask around your kids and wash your hands social distance and put on a lot of hand sanitizer for all i care now I want to shift gears a little bit as far as overall the how bad this is getting, especially for the unvaccinated, I might add. Now, as far as among unvaccinated adults, there's 46% that they say they won't get a shot. There's 15% that call it very unlikely. And there's 10% that are somewhat unlikely despite the Delta surge that's going on. And this is due to a recent Kaiser Family Foundation poll as far as targeting out who's gonna get vaccinated, who will and all that. That's alarming within itself, but what's even more alarming is that, I kid you not, this was actually on Good Morning America a couple of days ago where Dr. Mark Klein, who works in a children's hospital in Louisiana, New Orleans to be exact, he says that this is not your grandfather's COVID-19 vaccination, COVID-19 virus, excuse me. Hospitalizations for children went from 1% to 20%. And that's half of the children in our hospitals. They're basically like under the age of two, while most of the others are between five and 10 years old. Now I get it. They're all too young to be vaccinated due to the FDA not approving the vaccine yet. But all of them in Louisiana, they're facing the nation's highest rate of COVID-19 cases. That just goes to show you that we need to get the FDA, I mean, we need to do something, or at least I hope if you're listening, someone who's affiliated with the FDA, do whatever it takes to speed up the process as far as proving the efficiency and the safety for this COVID-19 vaccine for the kids. Do it for the kids, so to speak. How would you feel Mr. FDA officials or Mr. and Mrs. FDA officials, if that was your child who couldn't get vaccinated, how would you feel if you was in that position of the parent who is fighting to keep their kids healthy and protected from COVID-19 because they can't even get a vaccine that's not even approved yet? How would you feel putting yourself in that position as far as having your kids not vaccinated and facing the risk of them getting infected with this Delta variant every single day. I'm sure you wouldn't like that and I'm pretty sure you would be writing letters to the FDA yourself as far as what is going on and what's the deal. And if you think this is, if you think that's something, wait till I read you this. Now, I want to give a special shout out to all the kids who are going back to school. It's a beautiful thing to see. 
but as schools start to open, look for it to be an extraordinary acceleration of COVID-19 cases to rise. As a matter of fact, here in my hometown of Corpus Christi, Texas, when all the kids went back to school for CCISD, I saw on the news the other day that there was, what, 50 to 60 new cases of COVID-19, which is absurd which in it within itself because it's like they literally just went to school like not even two days ago and there's already 50 cases a course of COVID-19 the only explanation that I can have how that happened is that they've already been infected or at least exposed to it and the parents without no care in the world just said oh it's gonna disappear go ahead we'll just wear your mask even though you're already infected you'll be fine and all that stuff well How's that working out for all the schools right now with all the cases that are climbing at the extraordinary rate? Now, I want to read a little something here. Now, the more kids are unvaccinated, obviously the likelihood the child is going to get COVID-19. That's kind of common sense, and I'm pretty sure we've already figured that out by now. Now, there's a little bit of hope on the way, and good old Dr. Anthony Fauci, he sure does know how to provide some hope, which... I don't understand why people continue to hate that man for all he's doing is his job and reporting the latest as far as what's going on with COVID-19 because obviously he doesn't have all the answers, but he's pretty good, reliable source that you should really pay attention to if you haven't already. But anyways, Dr. Fauci, he said this a few days ago, he hopes that full approval of the COVID-19 vaccine will be granted by the end of August. Fingers crossed. Don't be surprised if more mandates from like colleges, universities, place of businesses, whole of variety come soon. And honestly, if that's what it takes for everybody to get vaccinated as far as having mandates as far as you to get the vaccine or you're not allowed here, by all means, so be it. Hopefully that will wake people enough to how serious this pandemic is and how serious this COVID-19 virus and this Delta variant that I might add is continuing to be. Now, I want y'all to heed what Dr. Fauci says. We might get an approval of the vaccine. It's not a guarantee, but it's a possibility. Hopefully, that will become more of the case by the end of the year and we can finally achieve the herd immunity of getting everybody vaccinated because vaccines and wearing masks are the only way we're going to protect ourselves from COVID-19 at the end of the day. I hope y'all understand that and I hope y'all realize this. And I want to dive into some more numbers on how bad this is getting for the kids, especially kids under 18 to be exact. Now, parents of children 13 to 17, there's about 49.8% of the children that have gotten vaccinated or plan to get vaccinated, which is good, but we still got progress to make. We got 25.4% of kids who will probably get vaccinated or who are undecided and then there's the 24.8 percent who are reluctant or who are probably or definitely will not get vaccinated as far as the kids and as far as the parents of the kids who are help making the choices on behalf of the kid those are the numbers that i just broke down as far as how interesting as far as it is as far as the kids needing to get vaccinated and a sense of urgency that is needed for that now There's less than 30% of children ages 12 to 15 years old, to be exact, who are fully vaccinated. That is not good, and we have a whole lot of work to do on that, and I'm sure and I'm confident that we can get there as long as more sense of urgency is developed to get vaccinated, obviously. Now, 41% of ages 16 to 17-year-olds 
are fully vaccinated. Now that's pretty good as well, but we still have a lot of work to do at the same time. And if you think I'm lying, this is all according to what the CDC has been breaking down all this month so far. Now the good news is, for the first time since mid-June, the U.S. is currently averaging more than half a million people getting vaccinated with 50 503,734 new vaccinations, 13% increase over last week within itself. And it's on pace, according to the CDC data, which was released about two days ago, that there's strong improvements, but we need to be more swift. We need to get vaccinated because it takes about six weeks from the first shot to be protected to be protected from COVID-19, I might add. And now this is according to Dr. Thomas Frieden, who's a former CDC director. Moral of the story is, it goes back to what I've been saying the last couple of episodes of the HFWB podcast, get vaccinated or wear a mask to protect yourself and protect others. That's all I'm going to leave it at at this point, because we need to do something in order to protect our health. Now, it's funny how I keep on talking about health all the time and staying healthy, right? Which is why I want to transition here, excuse me, as I get everything together here. I want to transition into a new segment that I created and that I've been talking actually to my wonderful woman about the last couple of days as far as her insight on what I should overall present to the public. The new segment is called You Are What You Eat because at the end of the day, we are what we eat at the overall to where the more healthier you eat, the longer you'll live. And obviously, the more unhealthier you eat, the shorter that your lifespan will be at the end of the day. Now, I get it for those who are who are questioning whether they want to eat healthy and practice great nutrition. Their argument is probably going to be something like this. Oh, I'd rather eat I'd rather eat a quick little snack. I mean, eating fast food is cheaper and I don't have to spend none of my money as much. Or eating healthy is expensive. It puts a hole into my pockets. Well, it's, I mean, I, I guess you could say that. But overall, what I would counter by saying that, would you rather spend a lot of money as far as eating healthy and making sure you got the right amount of food in you? Or would you rather be spending more money, of course, on, I don't know, medications and hospital visits and stuff like that to where all you have to do is just make a simple diet change? Because I don't know if you realize this or not, fat doesn't make you fat. Sugar does. Now, I'm going to say that again, so I want this to sink into everybody now. Fat doesn't make you fat sugar does and let me break down why that is the case see fats they're more slowly assimilated into the body as far as they're more digested into the body causing a lingering feeling of being full now sugar is quickly turned into glucose causing a sudden release of insulin to protect body from sugar shock so to speak It makes you feel hungry again so quick that your initial hunger has been satisfied. As in other words, if you eat a lot of sugar and sweets, don't be surprised if you keep on eating them over and over again consistently because it's like you're solving your hunger temporarily for the short term, but in the long term, you're going to make yourself even more hungry and you're probably going to resort to eating more junk food and next thing you know, 
you're on a never-ending cycle of eating unhealthy which lead the cases of like obesity diabetes just to name a couple of things now you want to know what's even worse than sugar artificial sweeteners that's even way worse than sugar and let me explain why artificial sweeteners they have no calories but it triggers the pancreas to release insulin leading to increased hunger binge eating obesity and guess what risk of diabetes is that a coincidence i think not now once upon a time it never used to always be like this and the reason why i say this is because there was a time to where we had natural farms and gardens that fed us and we caught and raised natural fish and meats and we grew our vegetables naturally to where we ate them as soon as they were growing off of the vine and all that stuff and you want to know what changed all that and how it got to the point where we are today it's because farming corporations they arrived they applied the industrial revolution lifestyle creating mass fruit food production production in factories as in other words Corporations decided to streamline the process and create factories to help kind of speed up the process and literally processing food through a factory. Trucks and trains, they literally carried food to factories, not local markets like they should have. These factories, they process it, they enhance the taste with adding artificial flavors, artificial nutrients, increasing the shelf life, which leads to multiplying profits from these same farming corporations that put all this into place now as in other words it's always a corporation that always has to somewhat mess it up as far as overall eating right but it doesn't really surprise me at the end of the day that's why you should really pay attention to reading I would say the food labels on boxes and stuff like that to take a little bit of notice of what you're putting inside your body because I don't want to hear you complaining down the road, oh, I should have changed my nutrition lifestyle back when I was hearing you talk about it on that one podcast episode. I'm heaving the warning now, so you can't say I didn't warn you on this. Now, it's funny because <laughs> how did Diet Coke and breakfast cereal like, I don't know, Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Puffs, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, cereals that have almost I don't know 50 over 50 percent of sugar become classified as food I, I still wonder that every single day because it's like you might as well just eat you might as well just grab a bag of sugar and literally chug it down your mouth every single day considering how much sugar that we're putting into your body it's like it's crazy and it mind boggles me to this very day it's like what the author Henry James used to say, or what he did say. He said that Americans will literally eat garbage provided you sprinkle it liberally with ketchup. And that's crazy, but at the same time, that is 100% the truth because Americans will basically eat any kind of garbage if you add a little bit of sugar, add a little bit of ketchup, which ironically enough, ketchup has a high amounts of sugar, which I would read on the food label of the ketchup. You'll be very surprised on how much sugar that's in ketchup. Then you wonder why it tastes so sweet on top of French fries and stuff like that. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is you need to take back your taste buds. You need to avoid fast foods greasy and sweet foods because it destroys your health every single day plus it's super addictive i mean i'm not gonna lie you know i'm not saying don't cut it out completely you know treat yourself to a 
cheat meal maybe once or twice a week if that or if not cut back on it completely at all more power to you me personally you know i'll eat fast food maybe once or twice a week just to give myself a little bit of a cheat meal because of how hard i work out and how hard i eat right every single day we all deserve a treat but don't turn that treat into a never-ending habit is all i'm trying to say when it comes to eating healthy and being on the right nutrition now the types of food that i was just mentioning a second ago like the fast foods and the sweet foods of the world these type of foods literally hijack the brain in ways that resemble addictions as far as being addicted like cocaine nicotine any kind of drugs like that you, the more you eat fast food, as in other words, your kind, your brain is kind of getting like a little bit of a high on, like if you were doing cocaine by eating fast food because of the addictive quantities that are within the food. Now, our brains have been programmed to crave these specific tastes and smells, and the sad thing about it is, it started when we were kids. Because you know how growing up all the time, and I know I'm completely guilty of this. I'll personally admit. I used to eat McDonald's all the time when I was a little kid. I didn't know any better. I just was addicted to the taste and the smell of McDonald's. And, you know, that's what every little kid likes these days. I mean, you would be lying to yourself if you didn't tell me you didn't grow up on McDonald's growing up or you weren't begging your parents or your grandma or your grandpa or your aunt or your uncle to go buy you McDonald's or Burger King or any kind of fast food because... It's that smell, it's that taste. It could be so addictive to the point where it's like, it's it's game over from there and you get sucked into, of course, the addictiveness of the fast and the greasy foods along with all the artificial sweeteners that are involved in all this. Now, since we were kids, our senses have been overwhelmed in great heaps of cheap, sweet, greasy, chemically processed, flavored enhanced, genetically modified food. So it's like, it's like the food is literally the science project and everyone around the world is being treated like guinea pigs thanks to this mass food production taking place in factories thanks to the old school industrial revolutionary ways as far as creating money and creating a profit from factories and stuff like that. And by the way, those days are long, long gone. We are in the information age. We are not in the industrial age anymore for those who are wondering if those days are going to come back. No, we are in the information age now. I just want to give you all a friendly reminder on that. But anyways, sorry for sidetracking. I want to get back to the point of just simply letting us discover whole natural and delicious foods we need to revolutionize our kitchens we need to break these food addictions of eating unhealthy fast food and greasy food and all these sweets that have all these artificial sweeteners that are just causing and killing us literally slowly but surely by the day by the hour by the minute and by the second we consume it now we need to retrain our senses to where we can eat healthy, we could eat whole, we could eat natural, and at the same time it can be very delicious as well because it takes 21 days to form a new habit, so why not start now on that? Because the more healthy you are, the more wealthier you'll become. And overall it's funny how I mention wealth because I would like to transition here into breaking down 
But one more quick thing as far as what I was talking about last week about, you know, the fiat money and all that good stuff. Now, just a friendly reminder of what fiat money is. It's a legal tender in the form of currency. It's money in circulation such as paper money or coins. It's backed by your favorite country's government. Hence, for example, the U.S. dollar, the British pound, the Indian rupee, and the euro. Now, friendly reminder for those who didn't pay attention in the last episode. This took place in good old 1971 when good old Richard Nixon, the president at the time, he took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard in 1971. Now, that meant the dollar is no longer convertible into gold and not directly tied to the amount of gold that the government stores. Fiat money, at the moment that happened, fiat money is at risk from inflation, which means it loses value in the face of economic uncertainty. If the government prints too much money, the value of the currency drops tremendously. You don't believe me, look at what happened in Zimbabwe, Africa, when hyperinflation occurred, which is extremely fast and out of control inflation caused by which caused literally the currency there at the time to lose value because of the government printing money to of course keep up with the inflation and keep up with the rising costs of everything now i will say this that method of madness worked in the 2008 great recession but i don't think it's gonna work this time because this time around i don't know if y'all understand this or not it's only going it's getting more and more deeper as far as how bad the debt is climbing in America. I mean, the US government at this moment right now are printing trillions and trillions of dollars just to keep up and to maintain inflation. Now, short term it's looking wonderful, but the long term it's going to get ugly to the point where we might have a great depression 2.0 that was worse than the original one. And all the baby boomers and potentially, you know, the millennials maybe might get wiped out tremendously, you know, savings accounts gone, 401k's gone, pensions gone. Cuz how to how in the world do you think the government is going to fund everything to make sure that they can provide the necessary resources to of course survive? They're going to basically take it out of our accounts, our money accounts at the end of the day. Now, back to what I want to say as far as inflation goes. Now, obviously with the whole Zimbabwe Africa situation and how hyperinflation basically ruined its currency, it, it led to them resorting back to our US dollar to where the central bank could stop the printing of money and we could in the value of the currency in Zimbabwe could basically regain its form. Now Here's a little something to where it used to be before it got to the point where government controlled the money. It's a little bit something called representative money. I want to give you all a brief breakdown on this. The government produced its government produced money backed by a physical commodity such as gold and silver. For instance, we kind of use representative money every single day to complete basic transactions like checks, credit cards, money orders. It's like we use those things within itself just to, you know, pay our bills and pay our rents with like money orders, for example. We use it to, of course, take care of stuff to where we put the money down right then and there with the intent to pay it at a later date. 
Now, that can be all cool and everything, just as long as you pay off the balance, because if you don't pay off the balance, you're putting yourself in bad debt to where it'll eventually affect, I don't know, your credit score, it'll affect your overall situation as far as financially trying to improve your financial status to where you can save to invest to build like I say all the time and by the way look out for the save to invest to build newsletter coming out here in the next week or so I plan on putting that together and breaking all this stuff down as far as inflation the value of the dollar all that and a nice little newsletter that I'm gonna put together I just want to mention that but back to what I'm saying Representative money has been part of our history when it comes to the history of finances going back to the 17th and 18th century to where furs and commodities like corn and wheat, for example, were used in transactions, which led to, you know, like gold and silver, of course, being used to transactions as well. As in other words, how do we get to the point where we transitioned from where corn and wheat and silver and gold was used in exchange for a transaction to now the government continuing to want to have full control of everything like they always like to do and they want to have control of the currencies and the legal transactions to where they can literally track every single payment that is made within their databases, how they want to do that. How do we transition to all that is what I'm trying to figure out. And then you wonder why people are getting tired of their seeing their money lose value and like the stock market and bonds and stuff like that. And then you wonder why they're transitioning into stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum and cryptocurrency. You know, I mean, who would blame somebody for taking advantage of a form of payment that could be exchanged online for goods and services? And most companies have issued their own currencies like tokens and casino chips in the form of Bitcoin to where they can play with this online and stuff. Now, it works with blockchain, which is a decentralized technology spread across money many computers i might add that manage and record transactions part of its appeal of this technology is its security now cryptocurrency in my personal opinion i feel like it's going to become the new money in the next five to ten years it's only a matter of time there's a reason why the major governments are trying to stop bitcoin from taking over its precious valuable currency like the dollar and the euro and the british pound because it's, it's becoming more digital. I mean, we're living in a digital world. I mean, the world's becoming a computer. And why not have digital money as far as Bitcoin and Ethereum and DaCoin, just to name a few, Cardano, DEOS, DA, I can go on and on. My advice as far as the cryptocurrency, jump on board while you can and take advantage of the opportunity while it's there because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to invest in something that can become the literally the future of money as as we speak some people are thinking oh you're investing in something that you don't know nothing about or you're investing in something that might not even mean anything now i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that at at all because bitcoin is constantly growing in value every single day as a matter of fact its overall value on the market as far as shares Bitcoin itself is a 740 billion dollar market and I'm not even mentioning Ethereum with 315.4 billion dollars and this is just overall market capitalization which is the total dollar market value of company shares and its stock as in other words 
there's plenty of room to grow in cryptocurrency so my advice would be to take advantage of it now while the opportunity is hot because hey it can make you wealthy in due time i mean you don't got to put all your money into cryptocurrency. I would put at least a little bit of it, you know, keep a little bit in the stocks, the bonds, maybe invest, like I said in the past, a few startup businesses, get your toes in the tub into real estate and have a little bit of Bitcoin on your side. You'd be surprised. You'll have yourself a well-diverse portfolio to where any kind of crash occurs and they will occur because markets come up and down all the time. Markets crash, markets rebound. At the end of the day, you got to live on the edge and you, of course, got to look at it from both sides and realize, hey, if you got to remember the opportunity to take advantage of when the market comes down, you can get rich off of it. When the market goes up, you can definitely get rich out of it. Either way, when it comes to saving, to investing, to building something, take advantage of whatever tide of the market that you're dealing with, whether it's the market being up you're obviously going to have some earnings potentials there. But even do some research and get some more financial education when the markets are down. Don't run away from the risks. Turn that risk into opportunity. And of course, with the right preparations involved, you could potentially profit from a crash as well as profiting from when the market goes up. Now, I just want to leave y'all, of course, with a few notes as far as reminding y'all to invest in what you love rather than do in what you love. And I also want to leave you with a nice little note to remind y'all on how healthy you should be eating every single day. I want this to sink in. You should eat to live, not live to eat. I'm going to repeat that again. You should eat to live, not live to eat. I want y'all to let that sink in as I wrap up another episode of the HFWB podcast. Make sure y'all download, stream the podcast currently on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify podcasts. Leave a review, provide feedback, subscribe to the YouTube channel of Health Fitness Wealth Business. Make sure y'all go check out the official Facebook page for Health Fitness Wealth Business. The official TikTok at Health F Wealth B, the official TikTok page for Health Fitness Wealth Business. I would just want y'all to know that HFWB shirts are officially on the way, so be on the lookout for that. The HFWB newsletter is coming soon, probably within the next week or so. So be on the lookout for the Save to Invest to Build newsletter that'll come with a small little subscription feed to where you can gain more resources and most importantly become more educated and informed because education and information is the new money and at the end of the day the more educated you are the more wealthier you'll become in due time and the more you'll prosper for it as time goes on and everybody and everything within it grows don't forget about that. Just like don't forget about checking out healthfitnesswealthbusiness.com backslash CP, the official website for Health Fitness Wealth Business, the HFWB Quadrant, the first ebook for HFWB book series is officially on the way as well. I will look out for it probably early to mid-September. It's within, I would say, 20 to 30 percent done, but I continue to make more progress on it as I continue to get more inspired. Other than that, I just want to thank y'all once again for tuning in to another episode of the HFWB podcast series. I want to give my special shout outs to, of course, everybody who has transitioned from 
this entrepreneur lifestyle shout out to down home nutrition fitness culture complex by the base sports shout out to the entrepreneur cookout that's going to be taking place in a couple of weeks on august the 28th thanks to finders keepers classic i want to give a special shout out to them hfwb will definitely be in the building in regards to that and most importantly keep on staying healthy keep on staying wealthy and most importantly stay blessed and i hope everybody has themselves a wonderful day and continue to fight on and continue to stay strong throughout everything that's going on within the pandemic the economy the stock market cryptocurrency you name it just make sure you do your research before you jump into anything and make any kind of life change i want to remind y'all on that stay healthy stay wealthy stay blessed and thank you once again for tuning in to episode eight of the hfwb podcast i will talk to y'all soon take care